Hi, I'm Chris Kepler, and welcome to Does This Happen to You? I'm an actor, voice actor, audiobook narrator, and writer. I love reading, pondering, and sharing humorous stories about the freakish things that happen in everyday life. That's why this podcast features funny stories from fantastic writers about our daily aberrations, a micro-audio book about life and befuddlement just for you. Our story this week is from Oscar Rhea, who you'll find on Medium.com. And here is What's the Rush? The Chaos of Service. Do you want to hear a joke? He asks me. It's half past noon on a Sunday in a 150-seat restaurant. This is the rush, the hour where churchgoers say goodbye to Jesus for another week and the hungover rise from the dead. They collide at our hostess stand, two raging rivers of humanity, desperate for bacon and hollandaise. Every seat is full. There are 25 heads on the wait list, including two wheelchairs. I'm waiting for my turn at the bar computer so I can punch in an order for six while I still have it memorized. Breakfast means modifiers. For every seat, I have to remember how they like their eggs. Over easy, over medium, over hard, scrambled, whites only, poached soft, poached medium, poached hard. What breakfast meat they ask for. Bacon, ham, sausage, smoked meat, turkey, bacon. And their toast order. White, brown, rye, English muffin, bagel, gluten-free. The woman at seat three who wants bacon, dry rye toast, and eggs that are poached, kind of soft, but also more well done but only on the outside, so maybe like medium soft, but more soft than medium. Also wants no onions in her home fries. The man at seat five who wants scrambled ham and an English muffin also wants the orange slices removed from his plate and replaced by pineapples. He claims it's an allergy, but he's drinking orange juice. Also, Table 17 needs more coffee, and Table 18 needs sweetener and Frank's Red Hot. I already brought Table 18 Tabasco. But with the face they made when they saw the bottle, you would think I had offered them a bottle of bat droppings. That means I will have to ask the kitchen to pour Frank's Red Hot out of their industrial container into a two-ounce ramekin. When I ask for this favor, the kitchen will be furious. They will tell me to go forcibly insert cylindrical objects into my posterior, cursing my very existence until another server asks them for something even more infuriating. As I'm punching in that order for six, I hear table 40 complaining that their table wobbles. So I tuck coasters into my apron to fix it when I pass by. While I'm at the bar, I should make drinks. I need four shots of Baileys, two OJs, and three Bloody Marys. Trouble is, there's only enough tomato juice at the bar for two Bloody Marys. The rest is in back storage, which means I have to run back to the kitchen, 
dodging bodies and sliding over spills so I can yank open the heavy walk-in fridge door without slamming it into the shelf that should never have been installed next to the walk-in in the first place. By the time I get back to the bar, Jimmy, the new bartender, will tell me he needs three mimosas, but he hates opening champagne bottles because the last one exploded and nearly took his eye out. He's asking me to make them for him. When I pass through the kitchen, I noticed our Uber Eats printer is out of paper. They've already gone through the backup, so someone needs to unlock the office and get another two rolls in order for us to continue to be bent over and drilled by online orders for the next two hours. I can see two smoothies on the Uber Eats pickup window that a driver forgot to take when he ran away with the food. He's currently holding a paper bag that says in giant black marker, goes with times two smoothies. But the odds are he does not know how to read English. Maybe I should have put another exclamation mark. That won't be a big problem for another few minutes. My biggest problem is now our second dishwasher called in sick. Actually, we called him 10 minutes after his shift was supposed to start, and he didn't answer his phone because he's a teenager, and teenagers are unreliable jerks. All we could do was leave a message saying that we would really appreciate it if he could get his scrawny rump in here immediately unless you are literally dying of the plague, in which case be here Tuesday. Our lone dishwasher is a good kid, but he's drowning. We are out of teaspoons, coffee mugs, and water glasses, and the cooks couldn't care less so long as they have plates and pans. That means I'll have to slide into the pit to wash cutlery. And cutlery sucks because you have to pour it into a tray, run it through the machine, separate the forks, knives, spoons, steak knives, spray them down again, run them through the machine again, then put them in a drying rack before you roll them into napkins and bring them to customers who have been contemplating how to eat eggs with their fingers. Back at the bar, the bar flies want each of the 10 TVs in different channels so they can simultaneously watch every football game, hockey match, and Formula One race. God forbid they miss the national anthem while I try and find a space for two wheelchairs and a family of six that has been waiting 15 minutes and is starting to say sentences like, What about Denny's instead? As I'm changing channels and rearranging tables in my head, the phone rings. The voice on the other end sounds like she is calling on speaker from Siberia with a mouthful of cookies. I finally catch that her name is Peggy and she is foaming at the mouth because her Uber order was missing two smoothies. This is the worst possible complaint, one that's totally justified. Peggy wants a full refund, which I can't offer because we don't have her money. Uber Eats does. I have to tell Peggy that she has to contact Uber Eats for the refund, knowing full well that their customer service will put her on hold for an hour. 
If she wants to come by in person, I can give her a gift certificate, but Peggy has no intention of leaving her house. She calls me a half dozen words I can't repeat in a family restaurant and hangs up. I forgot to bring coasters to table 40. They're attempting to de-wobble the legs with a fork. It won't work and they'll destroy the fork. Back at the expo line, two waitresses are ten seconds away from ripping each other's nose rings out. I make the mistake of getting involved. Yeah, but table eight is in my section. Okay, give table eight to Brittany. Yeah, but Brittany took table 14 in my section 20 minutes ago, and she still has that, so I should get one of hers. Okay, give table 8 to Cat. Yeah, but I only took table 14 because they smell like dumpster squirrels, and Cat said she couldn't handle it, so I agreed to serve them as a favor. Okay, give table 8 to Brittany. Yeah, but Brittany is selling way more than me. Okay, Cat, you take it. Yeah, but Cat sells way more than me, like every shift. You two sort it out. I'm leaving. A two-state solution for Israel and Palestine is easier to hash out than who has table eight. I'm leaving. A plate shatters in the far corner of the dining room. This requires multiple trips across the restaurant. Trip one with a broom to sweep up the home fries and eggs. Trip two with a mop and wet floor sign. Trip three with coffee and reassurances that more French toast is coming. Trip four with the replacement meal, which means repunching in table 56's French toast and begging the kitchen, who already hates me and my entire family lineage because of the Frank's Red Hot incident, to prioritize this order ahead of the other 30 chits they have up on the rack. I haven't had a leak since I opened six hours ago. Bathroom breaks are for amateurs. My only hope is to forget I have a bladder. Every time I leave the expo window for more than 20 seconds to put out these fires, a cook takes his tongs and smashes the pickup bell. The whole restaurant can hear him, and every omelet eater in here assumes the bell must be for their food. Therefore, their food is probably getting cold while the front staff makes TikTok videos in the back. This is the excuse they've been looking for since they walked in to stiff their server on the tip. I am not allowed to raise my voice. My face can never betray anxiety, fear, or stress. In the front of the house, only one emotion is acceptable, joy. It is a joy to pick up other people's used tissues, a joy to be yelled at over the phone, a joy to get dirty looks, a joy to be dismissed as dumb and delinquent after running for eight hours. Smile, smile, smile. Smile into the madness. Smile because you've worked a thousand rushes and will work a thousand more before God mercifully ends it all with a falling anvil. So, do you want to hear a joke? Sure, go ahead. There's three guys. They walk into a bar, right? There's a priest, a plumber, and a... Uh, oh, wait. Who is the third guy? No, the third guy is a girl. It's a female pirate. 
that's right. So they walk into a bar and the priest says, boy, what a bad day I've had. Wait, no, sorry. The female pirate isn't actually in the bar yet. Well, she's supposed to walk in at the end. Let me start over. So there's a priest and a plumber sitting at a bar, and the bartender says, Kill me. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this story, let me know and share it with your friends. Follow me at Chris Narrates on Twitter or Chris K. Kepler on Facebook, or check out my website, chriskepler.com.